it's a one-two in Monaco for Ferrari. Um, red flag at the end. What did you think of Quali, man? Um, it wasn't as hype as it typically seems to be, but I really enjoyed it because you've seen, obviously, you know, Mercedes was struggling. You knew Max was struggling the whole weekend, kind of with his rears. But it was kind of interesting to see how close people would go towards the barriers and the walls. So I think if you're like a diehard F1 fan or if you just appreciate the technical side, you really enjoyed it. But for your casual fans, they probably did not enjoy it. Yeah, I, I felt quality was a little bit underwhelming. How come? Just, you know, normally you're you're listening to the the time run out and there's all the last minute changes. I felt like that only happened in Q1. Yeah, I also think that, like, I thought it was really interesting just because, like, you saw how much, like, Carlos, um, sorry, Charles put his car on the edge. You saw how much George put his car on the, e- uh, car on the edge at the end on his last lap. Same with Lando. Like, you saw him kind of understeer and then come over to oversteer. So... I thought it was interesting to see because I was just watching them to see how how far they put the car in the limits and seeing if they'd squirrel out and hit a wall like, you know, Checo. So it was interesting to see. I, I enjoyed it. I know maybe like maybe it wasn't as enjoyable as some qualifiers, but I enjoyed it from a technical aspect. Yeah. And um, yeah, Max struggled not for him to be in fourth. Very, very uncharacteristic. Yeah, I think that had a lot to do with his rears, though, right? I think that's been documented. He didn't feel like he was comfortable in his rears all weekend. But, I mean, the same could be said for Mercedes didn't feel comfortable with their rears. It felt like their rears are sliding out under them. I feel like Ferrari felt like the only car that actually had their shit together. And, I mean, I think I think we've been talking about this since uh, last Sunday is that Monaco is very Ferrari favored, and it felt like that. Very. And even last year when they didn't have a competitive car, I mean, Charles was... There was no one close to him. And I was looking at the lap times. I mean, uh, obviously the cars are different, but a whole second behind last year's um, time. I don't really look into that because obviously we know the cars are heavier. But yeah, I mean, that they've been talking about that the whole weekend. So I guess, I guess I, it makes sense why people are talking but about f- it. But it felt like that last lap before we had the red flag, Charles was maybe going to put his car into the 110s. Yeah, he, I think he definitely had a chance. I think he was probably going to get to like your 110, high 110, but... I mean, look, Charles looked really good. Um, Carlos, to me, still looks underwhelming. And it's like, why did you hit Sergio? Like, what? But they're I don't gonna, know. He they're going to investigate that because <laughs> he said he didn't see the flag, but it was kind of funny. Yeah, he did say that it was too late because he was already on a flying lap as he got to the corner. He saw it just as he got to the corner. So we'll see what happens to him. I mean, listen, he's he's on due for a penalty. If he... um. If he gets one more reprimand, he's going to do for a 10-place grid, uh, grid penalty. So this may be it. He may be starting in 12th. And I also messaged you, you know, talking outside of Ferrari, the difference in McLaren right now. Lando finishing, you know, 5th, and then look at where Danny Rick is, all the way down in 14th. I mean, I think that's been apparent for, like, since day one, since last year, that just Danny Rick is just not in Lando's class, which, I don't know. Tough to say. I don't want to speak on it too much, but hope Danny Rick figures it out. It's really just magnified right now because mass media is talking about it. There's a spotlight on it. I mean, I've been talking about it. I mean, of course, we've been talking about it, but it feels magnified all of a sudden. And I think that his time at McLaren, it's coming to an end. I don't think it's going to extend past this season. It depends how ironclad his contract is, but... I hope to see Danny incredible bounce bounce back. This is not a Danny 
Ricardo Hate podcast. This is just a call it like you see it podcast. And I've been calling it like I see it with Danny Rick since last year. So we'll see what happens, man. I'm not, I mean, Lando looked good. I, I, I think that's an underrated story. Like if there was a driver of the day today, it'd definitely be Lando. He's, his car is definitely not on par with the other cars. And he constantly was putting his car up probably about two, two tenths or three tenths off of pace from the Ferrari and Red Bulls, no matter what sector it was. So shout out to Lando. He was doing his thing for 99% of the time. For sure. What do you think about Lewis? Do you think um, if it wasn't for that red flag, he would have put in a better lap? Or do you think he was kind of content where he was? No, I don't think Lewis was doing well this weekend. I don't think the Mercedes were doing well. Um, I mean, I'm not faulting him. I don't think the car is stable in the rears on this track. They still have learning to do with the car now that they have it set up. So I don't really blame Lewis. I think, like I said on the last pod, I just think George is just better at figuring out a bad car. I think he just understands how to handle a bad car better. I think Lewis, when there's a better car, will be better at unlocking more potential, if that makes sense. So you give Lewis a stable, really good car, he'll be better with it. You give George a weaker car, he'll be better at that aspect. I don't know if that makes sense to you. Do you think that... Um, Where are you we'll putting Mercedes? Are you blaming um, Lewis? Or what are your no, thoughts no, on I think I think he would have got up if he got in that final lap, maybe improved on his time slightly. Um, but, ultimately, but is he beating Lando? Is he beating George? Because I felt like he was kind of behind George since Q2. I feel like, he obviously... Uh, he had a better Q2 time, right? Didn't George have a better Q2 time? No, George was... Uh, no, that was Q1. Uh, six, seven, that was Q1. Yeah, George that was, was Q1. faster in Q1. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's It would have been so fractional, like, not really make a difference. But the real question is, like, knowing Monaco, I don't know if uh, Mercedes even moves up tomorrow. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's going to be an interesting race. I mean, listen, if it gets wet, strategy. I don't think some teams are as good as tires as Mercedes. So I think they can. I, I think they, they finish fifth. Like, I think George finishes fifth and Lewis may finish sixth or seventh. Like, But ultimately, I didn't th- expect them to do well on this course. I don't think anybody actually did think they would kill this course. Or That was just my thoughts. I, I said that they're a good race team and can't really race on the circuit, right? So we'll see what Agreed. happens, though. Who... um. Did anyone impress you over this weekend? Vettel. Oh, Vettel. Yeah. I mean, Vettel did okay. I, I was, I was, I was impressed with him. I wasn't like obviously blown away, but I was impressed with Vettel. Um, Lance Stroll impressed me how bad he can be. Your homie. How funny was it when he was screaming on the phone, <laughs> bro? Your homies, the Strolloviches, not looking hot right now. Yeah, but good job for Seb, man. Starting ninth. Yeah. I don't know. So when, when are you officially jumping off the Lance Stroll doesn't belong in F1 train? I know you've jumped off the Aston Martin bandwagon. Yeah, you I, said, I jumped off it. But I think you've also said that Lance Stroll does belong in F1. No, I know. But you, when are you jumping off the Aston Martin bandwagon? Sorry, that's the question. I, I mean, I've the question. been off it for quite a while now. I thought you said you're giving them this year before you jump off of it. Yeah, I mean, I've been bashing them on every pod. So I don't know if I, I can say I'm on the on the bandwagon. If I've been but you've officially them, but jumped off. You've officially jumped yeah, off the they, train. They're they're an embarrassment to the sport right now, especially to their brand and the Aston Martin brand. I mean, it just doesn't look good. And I honestly don't think Seb or Stroll are. I, I think the whole team is is bad. Yeah, I mean, I don't think. I mean, Vettel clearly showed why he's not bad today. Yeah, but I mean, are we? Yeah, yeah. I'll leave it at that. So hey, let's get into why the Vettel's not show you he belongs in F one like. He obviously yeah, looked I, a lot better than It's Stroll. hard, too, because we don't know what the car, how bad is their car, right? So 
if Vettel can extract, again, this is also not a racing track. So Monaco always leaves room for people to jump in and, and climb. I mean, last year we saw what Charles Leclerc did in a car that wasn't competitive, right? So I, I don't really, this is the But doesn't that show your, your racing circuit. ability? Because if, if you can get the most out of your car in this tight circuit, like I, I think discrediting the course of Monaco on how hard it is to race and, you know, your cars are consistently on the limit, yeah. on the edge. Yeah, so. I, I mean, you got to give Vettel kudos for that, right? But um, I still have a lot of questions around if Vettel is motivated to be an F1. and Motivated and being washed are two different things. I think motiva- I think motivation, I agree with you, but I don't think Vettel does not belong in F1. Like, if he wants to be an F1, he definitely can drive an F1. But, well, sure. Aston Martin's got enough airtime. I just want to talk about Williams quickly. Latifi, so he definitely doesn't deserve on the, to be on the grid. Is there a decision made by summer break? He's like the worst driver. I think he's worse <laughs> than Joe. Yeah, and Joe's been pretty bad of late. I mean, Joe, Joe's wasn't his fault. Yeah, it wasn't. He's had bad luck, and he's a rookie. Latifi does not belong to be on the grid today. Yeah, I just look at it and it's like... Well, why are you always so behind Albon? It's not even close. It doesn't feel like it's ever uh, close. Yeah, like la- you've you've last year George Russell and the year before has just killed you. Albon's come in, he's killing you. It's just time for Latifi to be out of F1. Give give it to DeVries. I mean, he's waiting. He's not obviously young. Like he can come in and make a difference right away. There's others that can come in and make an impact. You still want Vri- DeVries on uh, Mercedes if they go completely young? No, no. I I think it's better for him to start off with Williams. Okay, so you're backing off the DeVries train for for the Merc. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, cool. Let's get back into Monaco. So let's talk about Pierre Gasly. He had a very bad showing, and he's typically good at Monaco. Obviously, they're saying it's Yuki's fault. Yeah, Yuki hit the barrier, and then the false red flag. But at the same time, he like we've talked about it before, like. We haven't seen Pierre do much recently. Like he hasn't Pierre's like been very quiet this year. My th- my beef with Pierre is not that I expect him to be like he did last year because the car car's not there, but like he doesn't even feel like he's George. Cause you know, George didn't have a great Williams, but he was still putting up great performances. Like you could see the talent. But Yuki and Pierre haven't been that far off this year. It's been pretty close. And it's either speaks to how talented Yuki is, or maybe a little bit of both, or how just like average Pierre's been this year so I, I don't know I kind of throw that in your recording what are your thoughts who do you think I mean it's almost feels like Yuki's having a better season than Pierre yeah I wouldn't say a better season but I think he's on par I think you have and to look at luck and all that stuff you look but. at last year and Pierre was kind of the bright spot in F1 I don't know I don't know if it's just been bad luck or the car, but Pierre is not having the year that he needs. He needs a good year. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think what it comes down to me, for me at the end of the day is I just haven't been impressed with Pierre this year, and Pierre's typically always impressing. So I don't know if it has to do with his car, or his confidence has been shot, or if um, Yuki's just got that much better, but he hasn't outperformed Yuki like he did last year. And obviously, Yuki was a rookie. So I understand that, but it doesn't look like there's a clear gap between him and Yuki anymore because races are quite close and et cetera. Anyways, enough about um, Alvatore. As a Mercedes fan, are you discouraged with your weekend so far? Um, no, 
you know, like I knew after we saw in practice how aggressive and how challenging the car was to handle and dealing with the bumps. And I kind of expected this. I'm not upset. I'm not worried. Uh, we saw last week. I think this is obviously the part in the season where you said you would kind of judge Mercedes. I just, I don't know if I'm, yeah, I don't know if I'm losing hope, but I think that they will figure it out. You just don't want to see the inconsistencies from weekend to weekend out. But this is a race that's so different, right? So can you really judge them based on last week coming into this week? Yeah, so I was going to say that exactly, is that Monaco is such an outlier that I won't judge them off this. After Monaco is where we start judging, right? So Baku is when I'll start being, okay, this is what this, this is what the team is, right? You've had a quarter, the, a, a, about 30% of the season. So we'll see what Baku looks like, because Baku is the next one on the circuit, right? Or is it Montreal? I think it's Baku. It is Baku. Yeah, so Baku is the next one on the circuit, which is great. Baku is always a fun race, in my opinion, although it's not the most fun it is, it is a really fast street circuit, which I enjoy. But anyways, enough about Baku. I do think that Mercedes is positive. I didn't think this weekend would look good for them. Their race car, this is a qualifying circuit. It just, I didn't expect much from them. I expected them to be maybe 5-6. They finish 6-8, whatever. It, it's not drastic. I mean, they, they their car clearly still has a lot of um, question marks, but biggest thing for me is that they understand where those question marks are coming from and that to me is still a positive sign so we'll see what they do over the next like i said we got five weeks right i said give them six weeks to really see what they do with the car and that will kind of determine the rest of the year and also let's like figure out you know there's just it's monocle like we can't i don't expect anyone to drastically move up or unless there's multiple red flags and yellow flags like it's going to be tough for them to move up. Well, I, I don't think that. I think strategy is a big thing, real. I really think if Mercedes... This is a fast pit stop too, right? I think strategy is a big thing in Monaco. So I am going to be looking at what Mercedes' strategy was. And it might not move them up, but I do want to see what they do strategy-wise if that makes sense. Because remember, last year, Lewis started seventh and I think he finished sixth. Yeah, but that's that, that doesn't mean anything to me, right? Strategy and may he had mean the, something. And he had the fast, you know, the fastest car. Yeah, I mean, not in that circuit. Red Bulls mm -hmm. were better in this in, in this circuit last year. Red Bulls are better were better in mid speed and low speed corners. But we'll see what happens. I, I think for me, it really comes down to looking at their strategy. Do does if the strategy makes sense, then I won't say anything. If the strategy doesn't make sense, then I'll have question marks. Do you think that? Um there'll be anyone that moves up the grid aggressively or no? Bottas, I just have a feeling. He was talking smack, and obviously he had a terrible day, but I have a feeling that Bottas, not aggressively where he's overtaking people, but I have a feeling that Alfa Romeo is going to get the bounce of lady luck or whatever you call it, and uh, <laughs> they'll do all right. They'll be all right. They'll, they'll probably they move say up to like that um, they also are calling that it might rain tomorrow. How much do you think that will impact the race? Well, massive, right? It's range. So that's why I'm saying like tomorrow's a big anomaly, but strategy to me is everything tomorrow. I, I think I'll look at strategy for a lot of teams. I think that's the biggest thing I'm going to be looking at is tire management and strategy. I mean, that's the thing, only things you can look at, I think, at this race, but I'll be questioning teams on their strategy big time this week. So if Mercedes pulls like pulls someone long and it doesn't make sense, then I'm going to have question marks. If McLaren doesn't have land on the right strategy, we'll have question marks. It's just looking at this 
when you look at the Ferraris, they're a whole second faster than the Mercedes. Like, you know, when you start to look at the data, I know Monaco is an anomaly, but we're going to Baku. It's another street circuit. Like, I don't think it's getting better for Mercedes anytime till like it's not going to look good till Canada. Yeah, I mean, like I said, they got six. They have five weeks to fix the race car to make it like get it competitive. Yeah, that's what I said. Remember, I said last week they had six weeks to figure out their car mm-hmm. to at least give them a shot. Well, one week has passed. They have five weeks, so they have five weeks to uh, catch up to Red Bull or at least be or close to Red Bull and, and Ferrari. But we'll see if they do it. Mercedes' biggest thing this year is making the car the best car by the end of the year. If they can do that, then everything is all, all forgiven. But if they can't, if they still have a car that's a half a second to a second behind, it's bad. Then it's it's going to not. We got it's serious questions. Yeah, it's, um, there's going to be questions. Do you think Charles is going to get his dub? I don't know. Um, no, Charles has bad luck here, so I'm, I'm gonna stick with that. I hope nah, he does. Nah, he's winning tomorrow. Hey, do you see how many problems there are with the Ferrari engines? All the Ferraris Ferrari are pro- struggling. They're all, all the struggling. Ferrari powered units, Ferrari powered, all the Ferrari powered power units are having issues. So don't don't put it past them. But there is rain. It's not as hot as it was last weekend. So we'll see what happens. But I would not be surprised if Charles Leclerc has an engine issue or gets tapped into a wall at the first turn. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but he doesn't have good luck what, in Monaco. And obviously we heard on the broadcast, like, we got to enjoy this. There's no contract for Monaco to return right now. Yeah, that's sad. But like I said, I, I'd rather have different courses than Monaco. I mean, I enjoy the technical aspect of it, but it's just like Monaco needs to be updated, man. The fact that, like, you can't even fit two cars side to side on the circuit at some point is like, what the hell? If like they literally be scraping against each other. I just, yeah, I, I think it's time for Monaco to get refreshed or we move on from Monaco, to be honest with you. I'm okay with it. I understand the whole F1 world is, and that might be a bad take. Um, the whole F1 world doesn't enjoy, I mean, enjoys Monaco because it has such history. It's such a fun, fun course outside of the race, but you have to evolve, right? And as you evolve, cars get bigger, get faster, things change. So that's kind of my opinion. I think it's 50-50. Um... It's going to be either something drastically has to happen and they have to change it. But I, I'm starting to think that it's not coming back. Yeah, I wouldn't mind too much if it comes and back. Or obviously, the back. organizers are going to be the ones that dig themselves their own grave because I think F1 or Liberty is kind of content with, yeah, we're fine not to have Monaco. And right now, you know, if we look at the history of it, it's always been in the organizers' favor. So. We'll see. Let me ask you this. What happens if Monaco disappears? What do we really lose other than one great weekend? Literally, to me, is, to me nothing. Yeah, and that, I think people need to stop looking at the history. It's not like you're missing out on Silverstone where you have it's great like, battles. You're not going to miss out on How all these many great people battles. in the world are going to be at Monaco watching the race, right? Like, it's for the, if you're at Monaco from an entertainment standpoint, yes, it's cool. But it's the rest of the world watching it that are the ones that matter because that's where the money's being driven, well, right? It's, it's, it's the viewership. It's for the new so, fans. It's, it's really so not attractive to, to see, the new fans. We really don't need to see Monaco. I get it if you're there. It's special, but the majority of F1's not there. Yeah, it's, it's for... Like, the issue is if you want to bring in new fans, Monaco's not a great circuit. Like, replacing Monaco with Las Vegas makes sense. Replacing Monaco with a track in Africa that's fast makes sense. Like, 
maybe back in India. It's like we have so many events in Europe, and it's not that entertaining if you're not a diehard F1 fan. That's the reality of Monaco. And to be honest, I'd rather keep Spa. I'd rather keep the Red Bull ring. Um, there's I don't talks care about the- Spa. I don't care about Spa. Honestly, it rains so much. To be honest, it just sucks. And so um, they're saying that the Paul Ricard circuit might probably stay now. So, yeah, I think Monaco's it, man. It would suck if Monaco goes, but hey, Monaco's been great. It's what is it, 67 out of 72 races or whatever, a year's in F1. And it's, also, uh, I'm happy with long- Monaco kind of like coming to an end and it being like Senna's stomping grounds, you know, like, no, we don't need any of that to change. Like, Monaco was Senna's and just leave it at that. What do you mean? Senna's dominated for the last 30 years. Nothing's changed. What does it have to do with Senna? Yeah, I know. But if you keep it going, it kind of can, one, um, allow people to kind of break Senna's records there. It's like, just leave it as as it is and let Senna own all the records there. Yeah, I, I think when you look at it historically, it has nothing to do with records, man. I think it just has to do with how Senna drove that course and how dominant he looked at Monaco. I think that's why that's his course. It's just... He looked. He he looked like he was on a different planet. He was from a different planet when he raced there. Like when you look back in the history books, like the fact that he what he was he was up like a full lap on everybody on one race, and then his cars, what is his gearbox broke or whatever. He just. But I'm just saying, like I don't think that will take away from Senna and Monaco ever. Kind of that yeah. is his legacy, to, in my opinion. Agreed. All right, let's wrap it up with our predictions for um, this tomorrow, man. Who do you got winning the race? You have it kind of being standard. Yeah, what so we see? this is, I'm going to tell you, this is my top five. Charles Leclerc is winning at home. It's going to be a massive celebration. Um, the city's going to go nuts. The fans are going to go crazy. Champagne everywhere. That's what I want to see. That's what's going to be fun. So Charles first. I'm going to have Checo in second. Really? I'm going to have Max third. I'm going to have Lando fourth. And I'm going to have George fifth. What happened to Carlos? DNF. I, don't th- I think Checo has issues with his car. FYI. Okay. Um, I, got, I got Max first. Wow. Fourth to first strategy coming into play. Uh, I just think Charles is going to have bad luck. If Charles doesn't have bad luck, I think Charles will win. But I'm going to predict bad luck for Charles. Carlos two, Max, sorry, Checo three, Lando four, and sorry, George four and Lando five. So I got Max, um, Carlos, Checo, George, and Lando. That's what I have rounding out as my top five. Okay. I just, I, I, I pray I'm wrong, but there's just something that's going to happen to Charles and I, it's just... He's going to be Damn. cursed for another two years at Monaco. That's Damn. how I feel. Well, and look, I think Bottas makes it up to like eighth. That's, yeah, that's, wow. my, that, so that's, that's my that's my kind of dragger from the qualifying, the person that's in the bottom 10 that makes it up to like points. I think Bottas does it. I'm gonna, my dragger is going to be Pierre Gasly. He ain't doing shit. Pierre Gasly's my dragger. All right, well, we'll tap in with you guys tomorrow after Monaco's race. Hopefully, it's not as boring as some of you guys may think. I think there's going to be rain, so it should be interesting. And like I said, watch for the strategy. If you look at the game inside the game, you might enjoy it. So we'll see you guys uh, tomorrow. Yes, sir. Peace. Peace.